This is On The Tee. Brought to you by Canteen Vodka Soda. Ready to drink, ready to go. Now here's your host, Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. And a happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. This is not the voice of Anita Marks. Pat O'Keefe sitting in for Anita on this Sunday morning. Pretty good Sunday morning to be uh, sitting in for Anita here with the PG, uh, excuse me, the PGA. Good start with the U.S. Open uh, round four set to uh, tee off in just a couple of hours. The leaders get going at 2:45 this afternoon. You have a really power-packed leaderboard in the top ten. Names like Will Zalatoris and John Rahm, who's looking to go back to back in this event. You got the Masters champion Scotty Scheffler looming. He had an interesting day yesterday. Uh, started a couple spots back, then stormed to the top of the leaderboard by holing out from the fairway. Then he fell back and kind of regrouped before the end. So Scheffler right in the mix. You have Keegan Bradley, little local flavor, former St. John's University golfer, lurking, tied for fourth place, two strokes off the lead. Bradley uh, looking for his second major. You have Rory McIlroy in the mix, who's been in the headlines all week before the U.S. Open uh, started throughout the week. Uh being in the top 10, near the top of the leaderboard the entire time. And then up-and-comers like Will Zalatoris, Matt Fitzpatrick, both looking not only for their their first major championship, but their first win on the PGA Tour of any kind. So the leaders, again, tee off at 245. Zalatoris and Fitzpatrick, the final group. These guys are two of the guys that they've been in the mix. They've been knocking on the door, especially Zalatoris. I mean, you go back the last several majors for Zalatoris. And again, it's amazing that he hasn't won at all on the PGA Tour because he seems to be in the mix each and every major. I mean, this year alone, he lost the PGA Championship in a playoff just a few weeks ago to Justin Thomas. Last year, he finishes second place at the Masters, a tie for eighth at the PGA Championship. In 2020 at Wingfoot here in New York, he was tied for sixth at the U.S. Open. So he's been very prominent in these majors for the last couple of years. Fitzpatrick, too. Fitzpatrick was in the final group on Sunday at the PGA Championship uh, just a few weeks ago in Tulsa. Had a rough final day. Finished in a tie for fifth place, but was certainly in the mix. He also finished in a tie for 14th at the Masters this season. A 27-year-old Englishman who, if you've been watching the U.S. Open this week, know that he's got a lot of history at this course Uh, having won the 2013 U.S. Amateur Championship at the Country Club in Brookline, Massachusetts. We'll hear from him on that, and if it has any impact today. My my, my thought is, and we'll have some of our regular guests on later in the show um, to break this down. My thought is that any advantage of having played this course and won on this course back in 2013, that sort of advantage would have helped in the earlier rounds um, to help get him to where he is. At this point, everybody's been there since Sunday or Monday. They've played the practice rounds. You've played three rounds of the championship. Everybody's familiar with the course at this point. So any advantage of having won on this course in 2013 probably gets negated uh, by by Sunday. John Mascari, Christina Thompson, our regular guests, they'll be on with me the second half hour uh, of our program here this morning. And then you have John Rahm. And, and Rahm had a tough finish yesterday, but he's he's just been there. He, he plants himself in the top 10 on uh, the first 
two rounds, uh, stays there yesterday. He doesn't really veer far from, uh, you know, that first, second, third, fourth position. Rom right in the middle of the action right now, in third place, one stroke off the lead. You have Zalatoris and Fitzpatrick at minus four. You have Rom at minus three. And then you have three guys at minus two, Scheffler, Adam Hadwin, and Keegan Bradley. Bradley coming back would, would, would be an interesting story because we, we haven't heard much from him uh, in recent years since he burst onto the scene and won that PGA championship years ago. Bradley's a New England guy, too. Noted Red Sox fan. Uh, again, played his college golf here in New York at St. John's University. Um, but Rom finished yesterday. He, he looked like he was in position to take the lead by himself into Sunday's final round. And then his tee shot, his big booming tee shot on 18, found a uh, very, very tough sand trap and was unable, and, and anybody who saw that can obviously relate, was unable to get out of the hazard on his first attempt. It hit the lip, it bounced right back in, and he was exactly right back where he started. It kind of made you feel, it made you feel a little good, unless you have a significant amount of money on John Rahm, which I know a lot of people do. But as a golfer, an amateur golfer or hacker, as I am anyway, it made you feel a little good because I've been there many times, needing two, three, four attempts to get out of the, the trap. But he, he ultimately did into another trap. And he almost salvaged bogey. He almost hit a long bogey putt on 18. He just missed that. So he had to tap in for double bogey. A tough finish to the round for Ron, but he is still right in the mix. But again, in the U.S. Open... The scores, obviously, the leaders are at minus four right now. Rom's at minus three. There's not a lot of opportunity to put up big numbers or to put up low numbers, I should say, because of the nature of the course. And the conditions were pretty tough yesterday. Um, up and down the leaderboard, uh, the scores were above par yesterday for the most part. Zalatoris was three under par yesterday. Fitzpatrick was two under par, but Rom's a perfect example. That one hole for Rom went from it being a uh, under par round to an above par round as he went 71 and plus one for the day, but he's still squarely in the mix. You, you wonder, um, you know, if that has any carryover effect, I don't think it will because it, it, he didn't hit himself out of the tournament with that one hole with that one performance. It was unfortunate, but um, obviously with Rom with Scheffler and with Rory McIlroy, those three in particular, three of the biggest names in the sport, all three of them within three shots of the lead entering this final day. Plus, you know, Zalatoris and Fitzpatrick, as I said, yeah, they haven't won. They haven't won majors. They haven't won tournaments, but they have shown that they can consistently perform on this course. And they've been in this position. They've been in this position recently. I mean, they were in this position the last majors. Zalatoris, as I said, has been in this position Major after major after major. Now, the other part of the week at the U.S. Open has been the continued story or sidebar of the Live Golf Tour. And the way that it has played out with the performance of, I'll call them the Lives and the Live Nots. Rory McIlroy being chief among the Live Nots. He's been very vocal, saying that those who went to the Live Golf Tour took the easy way out. I think anything you hear, uh, all indications are that there will be more big names joining those who have already defected from the PGA Tour in the coming weeks and months, which is a very scary proposition for the PGA Tour. But this all came together in the last month. You know, Phil Mickelson, 
and Dustin Johnson and Patrick Reed and Bryson DeChambeau. All of these big names leaving officially within the last two or three weeks. And then the Live Golf Tour has its first event last week in London. Uh, opposite the Canadian Open, one of the hallmarks of the PGA Tour, which Rory McIlroy won. So it was right off the bat thrown into the spotlight uh, on the heels of all of these defections and uh, you know the Saudi Arabia-backed tour and all of the money that is being thrown around and handed out and promised. It was so much in the spotlight coming into this week, and it's really been interesting to see how the golfers – who defected to the Live Tour have performed because they have not performed well. They have not performed well at all. In fact, none of them are really in the mix in this championship. Dustin Johnson is the closest. He's at two over par and is in a tie for 17th, but he's six strokes off the lead. On a course like this, having to jump over 17 golf, 16 golfers, that's going to be very difficult. But of the 15 golfers from the Live Golf Tour who played in this U.S. Open, four of them, made the cut. 11 of them didn't even make the cut. Phil Mickelson, Louis Oosthuizen, Sergio Garcia, Kevin Na. You know, the guys that stuck around for the weekend, I mentioned DJ, plus two. Not bad. That's a very solid performance, tied for 17th. Patrick Reed is six over par in a tie for 45th. Uh, Michael Bland is four over par in a tie for 33rd. And Bryson DeChambeau is eight over par in a tie for 55th place. So the Live Golf Tour players, those who have left the PGA Tour, have not been a factor uh, in this U.S. Open. You know, some call it karma. Uh, some call it poetic justice. I'm sure those in the Rory McIlroy camp would say that. And uh, it's interesting how that has played out. You wonder how much uh, the pressure of leaving the PGA Tour and being somewhat of a lightning rod like these guys have made themselves into. You wonder how much has affected their performance this week. You wonder if it's only because it's happened right away. If the U.S. Open was, say, in a couple of weeks, maybe it wouldn't have as had as much of a psychological impact on these guys. You don't know. But the fact is, these guys left. They put their money where their mouth is, so to speak. Uh, they came back with all the spotlight on them. And they have not performed well. Now, it would be, look, Rory has been, he's kind of the sentimental favorite for the old guard of the PGA Tour right now. He has, he obviously, there's no question that he is staying. He has pledged his elite. You know, he's not like a Brooks Kepka. That's a name that you hear could certainly jump to the Live Tour. He hasn't stood up and committed himself to the PGA Tour. His brother is also on the Live Golf Tour. So there's a connection there. Uh, Rory has been steadfast. He's PGA Tour. He's staying. He doesn't agree with what the guys did who jumped to the Live Tour. So if he can finish this job, and he had a tough back nine yesterday, but if he can finish this job today and win the U.S. Open, that would be a very, very strong statement for the Irishman. Pat O'Keefe in for Anita Marks on this Father's Day, this Sunday morning, the final day of the U.S. Open, coming up later today. From the Country Club in Brookline, Massachusetts. A very, very intriguing leaderboard led by the final pairing of Will Zalatoris and Matt Fitzpatrick. They were both four under par. They will both tee off at 2.45 this afternoon. 
And as I mentioned earlier, both of them looking not only for their first major victory, but their first win ever on the PGA Tour. Uh, we'll have John Mascara coming up uh, in a little bit to talk about the fourth round. Uh, he, I just saw on Twitter a couple moments ago, uh, mentioned that it's going to be a bumpy ride in the fourth and final round at the Country Club. We'll get his thoughts on that. Uh, along those lines, Zalatoris yesterday spoke of the difficulty of the course. This place is a beast. I mean, I, when I played here in the AM in 2013, I said this was the hardest golf course that I'd ever played. It's just so easy to compound mistakes out here, which of course you can do that in major championships in general, but especially this one. Um, you know, so I think, you know, the biggest thing for me tomorrow, obviously there's a ton of major champions on this leaderboard and by no means uh, is the job done, but, you know, not even close, but um, just keep doing what I'm doing. Make sure that I just get myself on the green as fast as I can, or at least minimize the mistakes. Well, one thing that Zalatoris has become proficient at is putting himself in, in a winning situation. And when you see golfers put themselves in these situations, far more often than not, there is eventually that breakthrough. Now, you're, it doesn't always happen. You know, Ricky Fowler, there was one year where I think he was top five in each of the four majors, still never won his first major championship. Uh, Xander Shoffley is a guy who has been in the mix a lot lately, still looking for that breakthrough. Zalatoris is starting to enter that group. But again, far more often than not, if you are in the mix time after time after time, you're eventually going to have your breakthrough. Here's Zalatoris on uh, putting himself and belonging in a winning situation. Yeah, I think it's, especially coming off the PGA, I, I gave me a lot of belief um, a lot of confidence that I belong in this situation. Um, you know, there's a difference in thinking it and then actually being in the situation and believing it. And so I think that's probably the biggest change. Um, you know, I put myself in this situation a few times in my career and um, obviously got to go out and get it tomorrow. Dalla Torres was three under par yesterday to move to four under for the championship. Matt Fitzpatrick shot a 68 yesterday. Uh, he was minus two for the day, minus four also for the championship. He and Zalatoris will be paired together. And, and like Zalatoris, Fitzpatrick afterwards commented on the challenge of this course. Um, I think visually for me, it's it's a test off the tee. Uh, not only that is, you know, you've got to be good around the greens here. Um, can't miss it in the wrong spots. You've, you've I said it yesterday, I think you've got to plot your way around. You know, you've really got to think about where, where you want to hit it, where you don't want to hit it. And compared to other golf courses we play on tour, it's, uh, it certainly gives, gives that to me, and, and that's, why, that's why I like it. Fitzpatrick, a 27-year-old from Sheffield, England, uh, also looking for his first major championship. Now, he has history on this course. He won the 2013 U.S. Amateur at the Country Club in Brookline, Mass. When he did that, he became the first Englishman to win the U.S. Amateur in 102 years. So, will that performance and that victory in 2013 give him any advantage going into today? I certainly think it gives me an edge over the others, yeah. Um, yeah, I genuinely, I genuinely do believe that. It's, um, you know, it's it's a real, obviously, positive moment in my career. It kind of kick-started me and, um, to come back here and play so well again it kind of you know just gives me growing confidence round by round so so Zalatoris Fitzpatrick the leaders tee off at 245 this afternoon uh the second to last pairing is Keegan Bradley and John Rom. Rom is at minus three Bradley is at minus two and then the uh, third to last pairing today is Scotty Scheffler and the Canadian Adam Hadwin 
it's legacy time, too, for so many of these guys, and they're at different points in their careers. Let's go inside the numbers, which is brought to you by Teza. Um, a lot of talk this week with the NBA Finals wrapping up about the legacy of the Warriors dynasty and the legacy of Stephen Curry now that he and they have won their fourth championship, their fourth NBA championship in the last eight years. And there's a lot of guys on this leaderboard that could find themselves holding the trophy at the end of the day. That there, This is an opportunity that any golfer in this position will tell you does not come around all the time. For example, Scheffler just won his first major. You assume he's going to win more. He's the number one ranked player in the world, but it's not guaranteed. Rom, same thing, won the U.S. Open last year. That jump from one major to two major championships is enormous. And even a guy like Keegan Bradley, who... I'm not going to put him in the same camp, but I don't know. I don't know what he's been thinking over the last few years. But he hasn't been a huge factor on the tour. But here he is on Sunday, two strokes off the lead, with a chance to move his major total from one to two. Because here's a list of one-time winners in uh, majors, uh, just of the last thirty to forty years. You know, the names that we've all watched and we've all followed. Some of the biggest names in the sport, like Adam Scott and Jim Furyk, David Duvall. Davis Love the Third, Tom Kite, even Fred Couples. Fred Couples is a guy who he could play the Masters next year and find his way onto the leaderboard on Thursday. He knows the course so well, and he is such a talented player. And just think about where he was in 1992. He's 32 years old. He's one of the big names in golf. He bursts onto the scene. He wins the Masters in 1992. Do you think for a moment he would have ever thought that it would stop there? He has one major championship. That was it, 1992 in the Masters. So for guys like Scheffler, guys like Rom, guys like Bradley, you've got to grab that opportunity when it's there for you. We know what's on the line for Zalatoris and Fitzpatrick. And then there's Rory McIlroy. Rory's won four majors, but he hasn't won one since the PGA Championship in 2014. He won the U.S. Open as a very young man in 2011. He backed that up the next year by winning the PGA. And then in 2014, he won the Open Championship and the PGA for a second time. So here he is, 2014, already with four major championships in his back pocket. He's still sitting at four, nearly eight years later. He's been a factor, one of the best players on the tour since then, but he hasn't gotten that fifth. And how big of a difference is it between four and five? Well, where he is right now, four major championships for Rory, only 19 players in history have won more than four. 19. But you know how many have won more than five? Only 14. So another major for Rory, and it's there for the taking for him today. He's got some work to do. He's three strokes off the lead, so he's got more work to do than the other guys I mentioned. But only 14 guys in history have won more than five major championships. Rory has a chance for his fifth today. That's Inside the Numbers, brought to you by Tiza. Stay focused and feel energetic with Tiza Nutrient Pouches. Place between your cheek and gum. No tobacco, no nicotine, no calories in seven flavors. Visit TizaEnergy.com and use code ANITA25 for 25% off your first order. John Miscari, regular guest, regular friend of the program, the director of golf at Alpine Country Club, joins me now to set the stage for later today. John, how you doing this morning? I'm well, Pat. Good morning. Happy Father's Day. 
Same to you. It's always great to have you on, and it's real fun to have you on the Sunday of a major, a, a really intriguing major like we've got here. Let me let me start with this, John, because I saw you on Twitter just a couple of minutes ago promoting your spot here. Uh, you say in your tweet, buckle your seatbelts because it's going to be a bumpy ride at Brookline. Why so? Oh, man. I mean, if we saw anything yesterday, the golf course showed its teeth. The temperatures went down. I mean, it's 55 degrees here. I mean, it's going to be colder than it was yesterday up there. The wind is still going to be a factor. The, the greens are fast. They're firm. They have some undulation. And uh, kind of put your mouthpiece in because, you know, rounds one and two, you got a couple of jabs. And then you got the left hook yesterday. And I think you're going to get the haymaker today from, from the country club. I'm curious, in general, uh, when conditions are tougher, John, does that favor the more established players, or does it make it more of a crapshoot? Yeah, I think you'll see guys play defensive, especially the leaders today. They don't want to make a big number. They're happy with pars. You know, pars are almost like birdies, and bogeys are like pars today. So they, they're going to stay away from trying to make a big error because, listen, one, one little error, as we saw even yesterday in John's, John Rahm's last hole, could prove to be fatal. And, um, you know, he went from being at five under to three under on one hole, his last hole of the day. So I think you'll see the experienced golfers kind of take what the course gives them, not trying to overpower it. And maybe some of the guys who are a little less experienced or further back in the field put a little pressure on themselves to try to force shots in there. You mentioned John uh, John Rahm's double bogey on 18 yesterday where he found the bunker, two different bunkers, including one he couldn't get out of on his first attempt. I, I thought he did a pretty good job to save double bogey at that. Yeah. Um, when, when that happens on 18, and he was cruising, like you said, he was in position to take the outright lead heading into round four. Do you expect any carryover from that into the next day? From him, no. And I think... It's, I'm happy that it happened in round three, if that makes sense. Like, get that out of your way. It, listen, he hit a drive that caught, caught the bunker. Then he had to hit a wedge. And, you know, when we try to hit a shot high out of a fairway bunker, we tend to try to lift it out. And he hit it thin and caught the edge. As you said, really had a good job making double because he had a fried egg on his second bunker shot near the green. So, Happy with that. Get it out of the way. He's still only one behind. I think if you told him before he started the tournament that you'll be in the second-to-last group, one shot back of the leaders coming into Sunday as a defending champ, he'd probably do some backflips and sign for that right now. So I'm not too concerned with him. It's one shot. One shot can turn in one hole at the U.S. Open, as we know. And uh, I think going having Fitzpatrick and Zalatoris in the final group might be a blessing for John Rahm, meaning he's, he can get out in front of those guys and post, post a number and see how they uh, handle the pressure of being in the last group at the U.S. Open. That's an interesting take. Today's On the Tee weather report is brought to you by Mayomi Wine. Whether you're tuning in to watch the pros or celebrating your own game, tee up a glass of Mayomi, the official wine of the PGA Tour. Visit Mayomi.com today. Please enjoy Mayomi Wines responsibly. Mayomi Wines, Acampo, California. John mentioned the conditions, the weather conditions. So right now it's 52 degrees and cloudy in Brookline, Mass. 2 o'clock this afternoon, and the leaders tee off at 245 by 2 o'clock, it's supposed to be the warmest it's going to be all day, 64 degrees and cloudy. So similar conditions to what we have in New York right now, similar conditions to what we saw yesterday. Uh, that is your on-the-tee weather report. John Miscarry, the director of
of golf at Alpine Country Club. Joining me on the tee, Pat O'Keefe in for Anita Marks. Uh, you know, people are going to watch anyway. It's the U.S. Open. It's Father's Day, John. As you know, all the storylines. It's one of the great events in golf and sports. But when you add into it all the firepower on the leaderboard with Rom, with Scotty Scheffler, with Rory McIlroy, you know, Zalatoris and Fitzpatrick are the leaders, but they've been knocking on the door for a while now. I'm curious, your gut reaction right now, by the end of the day, will we have a new or first-time major champion? I think, I mean, listen, there's so many great players that are so close to the lead. I'd be lying if I said I, this person's going to win, that person's going to win. Uh, coming into the week, I like Scotty Scheffler a lot, um, and I still think he could pull it out today. You know, he had a very up-and-down round yesterday. He went from one under to six under and then back to one under. He was a very much a roller coaster round for him. You know, that big holdout for Eagle on number eight. And then he goes and floods a chip shot on 11 and chunks a chip shot on 12. So it started to unravel for him, but he's still in contention. He's still at two under. I think anyone who's under par is still in the mix, which is great for drama uh, I wouldn't be surprised, Pat, if there's a playoff this afternoon. So, dads, if you're watching it, you know, push dinner a little further back today and tell – I think we're going to have a playoff. I don't know who's going to be in the playoff, but I feel like there's so many golfers that are logjammed close to striking distance that it's inevitable that we're going to see something dramatic at the end. Who's Get game? your popcorn. <laughs> Get your popcorn ready, indeed. Uh, you know, you mentioned Scheffler. You know, of these guys, like leading into this, whose game did you really like, and do you still really like where his game is right now? Among the guys that we're seeing on the leaderboard, obviously. Yeah, you know, I talked about Scotty, but I'm, I'm going to kind of go to Rory. You know, I was kind of disappointed with his slow start yesterday. He's been playing so well of late. He's uh, he's beaming with confidence, and. The only thing with Rory is I, I get nervous when he hits it left off the tee, okay? It, and he putted lights out yesterday. If you watched any of the golf, he had the putter going. If he could fix the tee shot, which I think he can, and figure that out, he's someone that can go out and shoot 65, 66 today and, and get to four under and, and, or, or put a number up in the clubhouse. And I, I'd be really – I would really love to see that happen for Roy. I think he's been playing so well. It's just he got the slow start yesterday really put him by. But watch out for Rory today. You know, with Rahm and Rory and Scheffler, we mentioned, and, you know, Zalatoris and Fitzpatrick have now been in the mix for a while. Sam Burns is another guy who's starting to uh, mm -hmm. enter that conversation regularly. And then you look in the leaderboard, and here's a guy I, I, we haven't heard much from in, in years, and that's Keegan Bradley. Are you – surprised that he's put himself in this position right now? I wouldn't say I'm surprised. You know, he's, he's kind of been an up and down player this year. Um, home, home uh, field advantage maybe for him, you know, growing up in Vermont, he's a, a new Englander. He's, I think he lived in Massachusetts for a little bit. He threw out the first pitch at Fenway park right before the tournament. Um, it's going to be interesting today. It's going to be like Tiger Woods is out there, but, in Keegan Bradley clothing. So anytime Keegan makes a birdie or has a great shot, you're going to hear the roars from all the, the locals in Boston pulling for Keegan. Um, and I think he's feeding off that. I think he's, uh, he's energized. He's happy to be there. He's got a lot of friends and family in attendance. And I wouldn't be surprised if he has a great round today and feeds off that energy. So, yeah, someone to, to look at. Um, does he have the, 
the staying power, we'll see. But uh, like you said, it's an unbelievable leaderboard coming into Sunday at the U.S. Open. Well, especially, John, since those fans don't have the Celtics to root for tonight. They've got to latch on to something. <laughs> they certainly do not. <laughs> As a New York sports breath. fan, they certainly do not, yeah. <laughs> Um, I I was talking about legacies earlier and, you know, there's, there's a list of guys that have won one and it's very hard to get from one to two and it's a huge difference. And you got a guy like Rory who's going for his fifth and you you never know when that next opportunity is going to come. Uh, is there one particular guy who you think their legacy would be most enhanced by winning this U S open title? Yeah, I, I think it's Scotty Scheffler. I think having a Masters and a U.S. Open in the same year is very, very rare. I think uh, only four or five guys may have done it, um, and he's had an unbelievable season. This He wins this weekend. This is one of the greatest seasons in, in golf. You know, with the, the wins, I mean, he lost in a playoff in the Charles Schwab. That could have been another win, and I think this really cements his, his place as a superstar golfer. Not that he isn't one already, but winning um, the U.S. Open today for Scotty is just huge. And I think it sets him off on a, a different path, right? I think it sets him off on a different path. He wants three. He wants four. He wants five majors. Um, yeah. I, we're, listen, we're spoiled. We had Tiger Woods, who won majors at an unbelievable clip. And we had guys like Phil, who were winning multiple majors. Someone like Rory, who's won five you know, take out Tiger, that's amazing, right? That's Hall of Fame credentials. So winning two for Scotty, I think, starts his career in a different path. So I'd love to see him win again. I think he will. Um, I think he's got, a, obviously, a bright future. But uh, there's someone who I think will get catapulted by another major. Well, if you, if you have two right now, if you get your second and, like you said, do them in the same year with those two in particular, then you basically have the rest of your career. You have an opportunity to become an all-time great. Sure. Right. Like I said, imagine winning three, winning four, and someone like Scotty, who's still very young and, and is finding his way on the tour, could certainly do that. He's got the game, and he's got the ability to do so. John, always a pleasure. Thanks so much. I know you'll be watching. You'll be glued to it, and we always appreciate your analysis. My pleasure, Pat. Happy Father's Day, everyone out there, and uh, thanks for the time. Thanks, John. Always fun chatting. John Miscarry, the director of golf for Alpine Country Club, fired up about the final round of the U.S. Open. Final pairing, Will Zalatoris and Matt Fitzpatrick. They tee off at 245. But as John said, anybody under par right now has a shot. And that is nine golfers. Zalatoris, Fitzpatrick are minus four. Rahm is minus three. Scheffler, Hadwin, and Bradley are minus two. Damon, McElroy, and Sam Burns are all minus one. Joining me now to talk about the final round coming up, Christina Thompson. We hear her often on this program, the founder and CEO of Golf For Her. Christina, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing good. Good morning, everyone. Man, what a beautiful day for golf, whether you're playing, right, or or watching golf today. It's, it's a good golf day. I'm sure there will be a lot of people doing both, sneaking in around uh, this morning <laughs> and then settling in for what should be a really entertaining final round at the Open. Uh, what were your thoughts on, on yesterday? Uh, we had John Miscarry on earlier. He mentioned the up-and-down nature of uh, round three. What were your thoughts as you were watching that? Wow. You know, I absolutely love U.S. Opens. Um, I think it's just, you know, you just see these courses test the best of the best. But, I mean, how could we not love Willie Z and Matthew Fitzpatrick leading this tournament right now? I mean, 
combines, like you said earlier, there's they have zero majors, zero PGA Tour wins. I mean, this is the tournament that we want to see a first-time winner raise a trophy at, right? So, I mean, it was a crazy day. Yesterday we had Rom and then Scotty with his holdout eagle and just a lot of great excitement. So, good players. It was There's just so many. You guys touched on all the 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 talking points already so i mean it's just it's just everything you want in the u.s open so very excited very excited for this afternoon let me, let me ask you this because you mentioned zalatoris and fitzpatrick and they were in the mix at the pga championship fitzpatrick was in this exact same position final round or final pairing on sunday zalatoris got himself into a playoff and came up just short how impressive is it that in their very next major, they're right back? Because th- that could have been, you know, a debilitating knock for either or both of them. But here they are once again, next major in that same position. Right. I mean, sometimes you look at these players and, you know, you're watching them through their, the season and, and following them through their career. And you're going, God, these, these, these guys just have it. And, you know, they both of them have really quickly established themselves as, you know, big game players you know they they continue to produce outstanding performances at these at these major events and everyone needs that that one moment and that momentum and I think it's pretty cool that they're going to be paired together because I'm sure they're going to feed off each other's energy at that and I kind of like the idea of like you know I, I you know during our digital show that we do with um that I do with Anita and John on Tuesday night last week you know we went back and forth like can Willie Z do it um, but I kind of like the Fitzpatrick story because if he does win this, I mean, it's such great, you know, storylines. You know, he wins his U.S. amateur and he can win a U.S. Open. But I think he would be the only player to join Nicholas as the only player to win at the U.S. the U.S. amateur and the U.S. Open on the same course, right? So there's just some cool storylines. It's fun to watch these guys play. And I think it just shows you, like, the future of golf and the PGA Tour is really good. It's solid. And we have a lot of players to watch grow and mature and the two that these two players are going to give us a show this afternoon. Christina, one of the storylines, one of the big storylines entering the week, not necessarily a cool storyline for those who love the PGA Tour, but it is the Live Golf Tour. And it's interesting just in the fact that the players who have moved on and joined that group, uh, how poorly they've performed this week. Is there anything to the fact that there was a weight on them psychologically, emotionally, this huge decision? Do you think that that played into their performance this week? You know, that's another thing. We were talking about that. Um it, it could be. I mean, you know, if you're watching anyone who watched the coverage, I mean, there was a lot of speculation on how are the players going to be received by the fans, right? You know, how is there going to be booing? But, you know, they they had they cheering and, and, you know, Phil had uh, great spectators that were out there. I said, you know, if you listen to the show, I said to fade all live players. I didn't think they were going to perform at all, at all. I don't know if it had anything to do with the pressure or the constant barrage of questions about um, about the, the tour, but I'm not surprised that, you know, coming back, Bryson, you know, didn't have the best showing, although he is playing, uh, you know, only time will tell to see how that goes. It, it, it was, you know, uh, without going into too detail on how I feel about the yeah, yeah. tour. Well, it was so quick, I'm, too. I'm not- <laughs> yeah, it, it yeah. happened. I mean, if, if if there was some more time in between the two, it may have been a little different. Right. But it was it was so immediate that, sure. that the that the U.S. Open was here. Talking with Christina Thompson, we hear her regularly here uh, on on the tee with Anita Marks. Christina, uh, you know, exciting times in the LPGA Tour. Uh, w- what is the latest, and what's what's the update there? Yeah, you know, if you're not watching women's golf, please start. You're missing out on some inc- 
incredible golf. Uh, right now, the leaderboard is stacked at the Meyer Classic. It's at Blyfield Country Club out in Grand Rapids, Michigan. It is stacked with six players at the top, all major champions. We have defending champ Nellie Corda leading the way. Um, she had a 22-foot eagle putt on the par 518. She finished for six under 66, posting at 18 under for the tournament. She also eagled the par 5 ace and had three birdies and a bogey. So not many golfers have one eagle in their golfing career, but Nellie had two in one round, which is pretty spectacular. Now, this is her 14th time holding the lead or a co-lead through 54 holes. And in the previous 13 events, she's gone on to win seven times. I mean, she has been world number one. She's well aware, though, that she has five major champs in her rearview mirror who are ready to chase her down this afternoon. We have Chevron champs, Jennifer Kupcho, who won earlier this season. She did solo second and one shot back of court at 17 under after a third round 69, well in reach of getting that second career victory. Brooke Henderson, who's won this event two times already, is in solo third at 15 under, who's coming in hot after a week of uh, winning last week at the um, in a playoff at the ShopRite LPGA in Atlantic City. Then we have Lexi Thompson, who's won this event back in 2015, sitting in fourth at 14 under. She's looking for her first win since 2019, which was also the ShopRite Classic. And we all know she is ready to pounce and end this round. She can just get that short game and her putting tightened up. And rounding out the top five, we've got major champs who are looking for their first win at a Meyer, which we have Minji Lee and Lydia Ko, both tied uh, for 13 under. Now, we have a major – the women have a major next week. It's the KPMG Women's PGA Championship at Congressional. Corda is also the defending champion in that tournament. So it is just no surprise to find one of the strongest leaderboards that we've seen all season this Sunday. So Nellie and Jenny, Jennifer Cupcho, they tee off this afternoon around 2 o'clock. They're in the final pairing, and they're going to be chased down by Brooke and Lexi in front of a spectacular – crowd in Michigan but like I said if you're not watching women's golf tune in today it'll just it's just fantastic golf you'll be it's, it's impressive stuff what these women are doing out there star-studded leaderboards no matter where you look today it's a, it's a perfect day for golf for sure. as you said Christina always great catching up and uh, enjoy yourself today thank you happy Father's Day to all the the daddy caddies and who support their, their daughters out there and playing golf so hopefully you're bringing your daughter out there on the course with you today <laughs> thanks so much Christina Christina Thompson, always fun chatting with her, the founder and CEO of Golf for Her. Should be a great day. Uh, the, the Women's PGA Tours had a fantastic season, as Christina just laid out. All right, time for Anita's pick. It's brought to you by the Wiseman Straight Rye from Kentucky Owl. Well, I guess we'll call this Pat's pick today since I'm sitting in for Anita. I like John Rahm. Liked him before the tournament. It's rare. I think it's happened seven or eight times that a player has won back-to-back -back U.S. Opens. Um, but Rom has certainly put himself in position to do that. Yesterday on 18, he stepped to the tee with a chance to take a one-shot lead into the final round. He found the bunker three times and still managed to salvage, if that's the appropriate word, 
a double bogey. So he did not implode on that final hole. I think he will be stronger because of it in the final round today. Uh, Rom is starting at minus three. He is one stroke behind both of the leaders, Will Zalatoris and Matt Fitzpatrick. He's in third place by himself. Rom, along with Keegan Bradley, who is two under par, tip off in the second to last pairing at 2.34 this afternoon. Anita's pick brought to you by the Wiseman Straight Rye from Kentucky Owl. Respect the history, rewrite the future with this traditional rye made with a mash bill of 95% rye. Enjoy responsibly on the golf course or at the 19th hole. Thanks to our regular guests, John Miscarry, the director of golf at Alpine Country Club, Christina Thompson, the founder and CEO of Golf for Her.